morning. It is Saturday the 6th of August and this is The Saturday Show with Levy and Horn. Now, where were we a few months ago? Oh yeah, we were we did the last show on here, very much um, doing one of the reviews. But we have been on a hiatus, and I was busy with my life, dealing with what was going on with work, which I've now left that left the place I used to work for. Had some time to myself, what I was going to do, think about if I was going to come back and do this, and I feel a lot more energized for the first time. So I like to say to everyone, welcome back to watching us here on the on the Totally Leave and Half football podcast channel here as well. So I'm glad to have you all join us every weekly Saturday morning from 10 a.m. We'll go through all the topics, reviews from to our fixtures that we have during this week. Um, we're going to have, we got some guests on today, but let me start off first. It's brilliant to have this boy back, actually. It really is. And do you know what? He's been one of my best friends and we had one of the best summers ever. Um, not only he just not got married, but he also had a new job to start his new life at the beginning of the age of 30. And I like to say good morning to my co-host and who is from the Dugout Football Channel, it's Mr. Douglas Horn. Douglas, it, what a summer, you know, what a summer we've had, both of us. Oh, it's just been amazing, hasn't it? Um, yeah, great to be back. Um, obviously, I can't obviously do mornings right now. Um, so I think Saturday mornings are probably the way to go for me. So yeah, great, great to be back, and um, I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely, indeed, and like you said, the summer, the wedding was the, was a blast. Being your best man with the speech, man, doing the countdown as well, the theme as well. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed it. But no, it's glad to have you back on. And actually, yeah, both are standing in their thirties. Yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, it's good to be back, and I am looking forward to um, more shows um, in the future. Absolutely. We have got some guests joining us today. Uh, joining us, actually, who is a Liverpool fan. He's one of my other co-hosts that we do on the Steve Stills on the, on, for the Premier League Review every Monday. Hopefully we'll be starting back as well from next week. Joining us is Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. And not everyone's courtesy to be in the green room, but I was a good hour late, well early, which was early. Uh, yeah, I was a good hour early. Carl was like, I was like, oh no, it's ten past ten past nine. I was like, I'm late, but uh, thank you very much for having me on, mate. And as I said, congratulations, Doug, and congratulations. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're welcome you... on the new job as well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I was when you mentioned me this morning for me. It's not nine o'clock. You don't want to start <laughs> nine o'clock in a bloody morning. You, know? you, you can see I don't get, get up that early quite often. <laughs> not surprised, not surprised. Well, well and also we've got another guest joining us as well today for the show. And he's been, I've started collaborating with him last last season. He did a, did a Leeds Leicester match preview. And also we've been back and forth doing, joining his quiz last night. He's from he's from Leicester Till I Die TV. He's Chris. Chris, how are you this morning? Good morning. Good morning. So, wait, one second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
I didn't realise we were on The Voice this morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> can, I say, can I say that Jack might have been here early, but at least he hasn't got his pyjamas on, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. See, Doug can't stand them anymore. He's had to go. <laughs> he's, he's putting his slippers on. Yeah, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome along, guys. Nice to work, see you all. Absolutely. Uh, good morning, Yeti. Yes, so we are. Hey, Yeti. Thank you. And he said to you tomorrow, hi, Doug, as well. Yeah, so, we, so the Premier League's back, and it kicked off last night with Arsenal beating Crystal Palace two 0 It goes from. Gabriel Martinelli, there's so many Gabriels in the squad. I don't know how they, they, they were going to cope with that. I'd also own go from Matt Gray as last night, but Arsenal look comfortable last night, though. They have pretty much shut some people up last night because they were questioning him from after what happened last season. Yeah, um, I think there's been a lot of talk about Arsenal this summer, and rightly so. I mean, they've made some fantastic signings. Obviously, Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus. Um, obviously, um, Fabio Vieira as well. I, I know he didn't play. I know he didn't play last night, but I watched the first sort of 25, 30 minutes. Arsenal were fantastic. They should have been about two or three nil up. Um, Palace, to their credit, actually played very, very well in the second half. Um, how Eze didn't score, I'll never know. Or was it Elise? Mm. It, was, it was either one of Eze or Elise. Um, Aaron Amsdale. Um, do you know, actually, for the th- first sort of 25, 30 minutes, Aaron Ramsdale didn't have a single thing to do. And yeah. then he got into that th- thing where goalkeepers just like to do things rather than basically be a team player. So he started to do his own thing. And quite a couple of times, it passed, closed him down. And one one instance was, I think it almost went into the, the back of the net as well. But... No, Arsenal, very, very good victory um, last night, um, especially at a place where they have struggled recently um, as well. Because before that game, I think it was one win in eight against Palace home and away. So, you know, they managed to, do, to get that win um, as well. It's, it's only the first game of the season and it's all about them sort of what where what's next, what's next? Like, show us what you're going to do all season, basically. Absolutely. Chris, can Arsenal challenge for the top four this season? Um, especially Manchester United have not, like I said, they've only made two, three signings. At least Arsenal have had to get, you know, bring in young players. Is there a lot of change to philosophy when they bought older players on higher wages? Yeah, I mean, the top of the division now. Um, so we will see the, you know, the season highlights video come out tomorrow um, from Arsenal. I mean, this should be challenging. I mean, they've made some good signings, um, but the, I mean, we, I still think it's going to be a two-horse race again. Manchester City and Liverpool. I think Tottenham will be uh, bringing up the rear. They'll certainly, they should be fourth or fifth with those signings, definitely. Absolutely, and Jack for Crystal Palace, they had a bit of a decent performance, but and, and but, but a bit of a first start for first game back for them this season. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I think I went with two one, and I know a lot of people want Palace. We seen Arsenal go to Brentford last season on the first day of the season, and very underwhelmingly get beat. I've got Arsenal in my top four, Pippen, Chelsea. 
I think Zinchenko, a player that ability, has gone under the radar. I'm surprised. I know City have got a, a, a preferable of really top talent within the squad that you probably won't miss him. But a player that ability mm. offers Arsenal something that they've heavily missed, and that's that experience of winning trophies, Premier League titles as well. And and that, as as Doug said, one well, one win in the last eight is Crystal Palace. That it, it's it's that step in the right that right direction, the winning where the tend to not really win, uh, and obviously the consistent level is the most important thing, but very promising for Arteta, and I think Crystal Palace be sound, mate. I've been massively impressed with Patrick Vieira. Uh, I had them going down last year, and how wrong I was. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone, a lot of people put Crystal Palace going down, and it, he proved there's a lot wrong, especially, you know, players like Conor Gallagher Lord, who was tremendous last season, Matt Gray, you know, doing, you know, showing his creativity to leaving Chelsea. Tyrek Mitchell, who's like he's going to be one of the next left, one of the next England left back as well, and and Edward as well. Hopefully, he can prove himself after leaving Celtic. You know, he had an okay season last season, but I think he's going to be the main man since Christian Benteke is now gone to DC United, which was a surprise. You know, that's a strange so- move, by the way. Absolutely strange move. I never saw. I, like obviously, like when you're like watching, um, like Palace Arsenal, and uh, you're obviously watching. Uh, well, obviously we were on the we, we were on Chris's channel last night for the quiz. That news came through, and I was in sh- complete shock because I couldn't believe it. DC United for Christian Benteke. I thought he was going to go to Wolves. I thought he was going to stay in the Prem. My my my, how wrong we were. Very wrong, very wrong. And I think it's that Rooney effect that's coming in now. We've seen that Rooney wants really good players from the Premier League that can think and can really can redeem themselves. I know Benteke, last couple of years, post Liverpool, has not, you know, he had scored a good number of goals, but not in much in the double figures as he had, did the last few seasons. This could be right as griefing, but like I said, it depends. It's a, it's a shock move that going from the Premier League to the MLS. Well, you know, but... Let's see what happens. You know, Rooney got his first win just recently against Orlando City. They were one no down. So I remember they scored two late goals anyway. So it sounds like he needed a change to, like, to get like much proper match winners can score early in the game. You know, when they are one nil behind early in the early in the early in the game. So time will tell. Time will tell. To completely honest with you, um, before we get into our topics, we have got all of today's fixture. First game of Saturday is Fulham at home to Liverpool at 12.30. Uh, Bournemouth in the first season, back playing against Aston Villa, back in the season in Premier League, playing against Aston Villa. Leeds at home to Wolves, New, not the first away to Newcastle. Spurs at home against Southampton and Everton versus Chelsea in the evening kickoff in the SPFL Premiership. Aberdeen at home to St Mirren, Moro at home to St Johnston, Rangers against Kilmarnock and Celtic away at Ross County. And in the EFL Championship, we got North Street at home to Wigan Athletic. That's a 12-30 kickoff. Southern away to Bristol City. Burnley at home to Luton Town. Hull City, so first one away there, away at Preston North End. QPR versus Middlesbrough at home. Cardiff are going to start a good season away at Reading. Chris Platt, Sheffield United at home against Millwall. Blackpool away against Stoke City. And Swansea City at, against Blackburn Rovers. And into League One. Barnsley against Cheltenham, um, Bolton at home to Wickham, who are really challenging for the for the top two. 
Burnt Albert home to get to Crystal Rose. Derby away to Charlton after Derby's first win away, uh, first win at home last weekend. Exeter gets Park Vale. Uh, Fleetwood targets Plymouth. Forest Green against Ipswich. MK Dons against Sheffield Wednesday. Cambridge United away to Oxford. It's another local Derby. Peterborough at home to Markham. And Lincoln City away at Portsmouth. The Cowley Brothers against the Old Club. And Shrewsbury City against Accrington Stanley. And also into League Two today. Accrington Stanley. Who's yeah, absolutely. Who is that? Colchester against Carlisle. Laying our way to Crawley Town. Crew against Harrogate Town. Doncaster against Sutton United. Gillian against Rochdale. Grimsby Town against Northampton. And AFC River are away to Hartlepool. And also for Sunday's games as well, Leicester at home to Brentford, which is a 2 p.m. kickoff. Manchester United at home to Brighton, another 2 p.m. game as well. And a 4 30 kickoff, uh, Man City have started the title league defence against West Ham. And in the Championship, is Coventry against Wotherham. And the Scottish Premiership is the Edinburgh Derby, Hibs against Hatch. And Dundee United at home to Livingston. So those are the fixtures we got this weekend. We'll do our predict team news and predictions later on. But I'd like to go with the first topic. And what a success for the England's women's football team winning the Euro Euros. And it was huge. This was a, it was a, in the in the home in the, in the first you know after hosting the tournament. What a women's Euro it was. It was quality football. And we saw England passionately with Savina Ringman who was very who really got the, the tactics right, the right substitutions. And what a final against Germany, you know, Corey Kelly scoring the winner in the extra time as well. So we'll have to say well to the women team. They've really, you know, caught our imagination. It's England's first trophy since the main one in 1966 World Cup. And this is huge for women's football. But we want to talk about, but we wanted to discuss about the future. How can we make women's football a little bit perfect compared to men's football? And I wanted to discuss this because we we, we have seen the English women team, you know, had it out statement to the two Conservative Party lead, you know, contenders who arrived for the Premiership as a Prime Minister, Liz Truss and Richie Sunak. They have come in and said that girls football, that girls about 63%, not much, do not do PE, and that's quite a low number. And it is a bit shocking and how, and now we have talked about the future how the women's super league can evolve as well, does you know? And I want to start this topic off, and I start with Jack. Jack, what what a credible tournament we have, and how do we take women's football going forward? It's it's not going to be a quick process, as much as we'd like it to be. Um, I don't know, my hands up, and I'm not seeing quite. I'd, I'd like to get involved in terms of watching more. Liverpool games, obviously the women's, they've just come into the, to the Premier League now. And it's it's mainly due to, obviously, accessibility and having eyes on more women's football. And obviously, accessibility is probably the key word in terms of every level, in terms of any girl playing football from the age of five up to like 15, 16. There needs to be availability, whether that be in youth centres or schools. And but hopefully this is a step in the right direction. And I think I've seen a video um, over the last couple of weeks before the ladies went to the final that I think the, around the war period, a couple of years, about, about 50, 60, 70, 80 odd years ago, women's football was banned in England. And obviously it's, it's, it's more or less in terms of the growth of the English women's game. It's That's probably, it was stinted then. Um, and hopefully 
they're basically playing catch up in reality, comparing to the man's get the men's game, but not just in England, but hopefully the world football. Um, one day you could eventually see once the standard of football, most importantly, gets better, you'll see better pay structure within the women's game, and obviously revenue in terms of advertisement, the more money that flows through the women's game, that's when every level of investment and obviously wages and, and, and the more the bigger the infrastructure will rise. But hopefully it, it will be soon, mate. It's 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 the people at the top and the people of that are running the women's FA and and every standard of, of the women's game around the world. Um I've got a little niece as well, and I'm open to take her to the Liverpool Everton. And it's the first derby game that's going to be hosted at Anfield for the women's game. And that's that in itself is a good idea and a good answer to your question there, mate, in terms of that's mad. Like, I know that that, that shouldn't be happening. Like, it should be more regular. And hopefully, I was speaking to a couple of lads yesterday as well, I'd like to see a lot more, I don't know how it'd be possible, but I'd like to see a lot more of the women's team playing the bigger stadiums. It's not like they're playing mm. rugby, is it? Like if you were playing rugby, like say Leeds United or like pitches in certain rugby towns and football teams that yeah. use the pitch. But I, I hope uh, we do see, because um, it's more accessible, not everyone can go and see the man's game. I'm pretty sure or the, there's a load of ladies as well or uh, a lot more fans of the the women's game that want to go to the game, but accessibility the main thing, and obviously the the accessibility to go to the game and, and and being able to go and and wanting to go to the game. But hopefully it does improve, mate. But I think you will eventually go get there from where they want to be. But um, it, it's not going to be a, a quick process, which is quite disappointing. Absolutely, I agree. So, um, Chris, coming to you, 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 I've seen what Leicester's City Women's has done, you know, Emily Heskey coming in, you know, as well. He's changing the structure. I know you've got some long-term prospects as well for the women, for for your for your club, what they're doing in women's football. And like what Jack said, how can we make it better for teams like Leicester, who wants to be regulars, you know, to fight for, you know, for titles and cup, and cup runs as well? You know, big stuff, and also try to improve improve the accessibility as well, especially with the TV. We got Sky and BBC, uh, you know, showing TV all the games. But can we do more in a way as well to try to encourage girls into football? Now is the time to do it. Having won the Euros, now is the time to sort of build on that. What we've got to be careful is that we don't run before we can walk. I mean, we are living in a world at the moment where everything's got to be equal. You know, everything's got to be, you know, when you fill the forms in, what ethnicity are you? You know, it's... But it's taken us 30 years of the Premier League to get to where we are now. So we we can't just expect the women's football to be there in a year. We can't, you know... We've got to also take into mind that who is watching women's football? It's getting bigger. We feel bloody Wembley, let's be honest with you, through the final. But until people start watching it week in, week out, we're not going to get the coverage 
on the TV. At the moment, they've got Sky covering it, which is more than they could hope for. The BBC will cover some um, football um, uh, cup games. So the, they've covered you know, the women's Euros brilliantly. Um, but when you have a look, I mean, I, for example, myself, I had never really seen a women's game. Uh, Leicester got promoted last season. Um, the typical sort of topsy-turvy season, sat the manager because we were at the bottom, brand new manager in, stayed up. Liverpool have finally decided to join the party, late as usual, but they're in the Premier League next season. Uh, so the big names are, are coming in, uh, which is obviously going to attract the TV. We've put, put our season ticket prices on sale for the women, and it's £42 for the season. Even if you've got a male season ticket at Leicester, £42, it's a night out. And you're going to see 20-odd games next season. So it is a slow build-up. I got accused recently of jumping on the bandwagon because I've started doing the Women's League. Next season, starting in September, I'm doing a regular Women's Super League review. And, you know, it's, it's us guys getting involved and covering it as well that will help take it that step forward. But lot, let's not ruin things. You know, we've seen in the past, like the ITV digital, and they've all got these big ideas. We can't just say, right, it's all going to be equal now. It's going to, it should be, and it will be, but we can't expect it to happen too quickly. It's got to take its time. Men's football's taken how many every years to get to where it is now. Women's football's also got to take that natural progression. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely 100% with that. And don't talk about the Scottish, this women's game in Scotland. They're also going forward with the fully women's professional game as well. How important is that for the whole nations to follow what England's model is going forward long-term-wise? Well, may I just say um, congratulations to the Lionesses. I think you're not going to meet a nicer bunch of um, women um, for, for the, you know, the football team. And I really enjoyed seeing their journey. Now, as a Scotsman, that might be a bit weird saying that, but I actually just enjoyed watching their football. I thought they were excellent. I thought they were the, be the best team throughout the competition. I think you had the two best teams in the final. I think you had England and Germany. I think they were, they, they were definitely the two best teams in the in the final. Uh, England scored the most goals, so you know they've obviously you know they've won they've won it and they deserved it. They absolutely deserved it, and you know, fair play to the lionesses. And you know what? To sell out Wembley, I, I think I think they've sell. I think they've sold out against Wembley, uh, uh, Wembley again for the friendly against USA. That's amazing. Yes. That's absolutely amazing to sell out Wembley. I was eighty five thousand that went up to the fight. Fantastic, and for a women's game, that that is an that's a that's a deathly a record, um, as well. I agree with what <clears throat> saying about obviously Sky. I think Sky are doing a fantastic job to you know promote it, um, as well. BBC Scotland actually have a women's review show, um, for the Scottish Prem. Uh, sometimes I watch it. Sometimes, some, sometimes I, I do watch it. Um, I think the women's game is getting bigger. I think it is getting bigger, and I think after this um, women's Euros, I think it will get bigger. And I think you'll probably see more and more people go to these go to these games. How do we follow the England model? I, I mean, just try and you know get to the big big 
competitions like um like Scotland for example like you know Scot Scotland women are, have a have a good team it's not great but they have a good team so I'm hopeful I'm hopeful in the in the in the future that they can qualify for the the major competitions yeah I hope so as well too like we saw Northern Ireland qualify for the first years as well which was which was good for them as well too and you know, going forward for the, next, the World Cup next year, which is in Australia, New Zealand, the TV rights has not been sold in the UK. I've heard that ITV could get the rights because they're more accustomed to the, you know, with the Australian time zone with the Rugby World Cup New Zealand. Can ITV elevate that, the World Women's World Cup, if they get the rights next year? I'll tune the BBC get it, to be honest with you. Me too. Um, yeah, uh, ITV coverage of international football, of coverage of football, is just just horrendous. Uh, I think as well, what I wanted to want to go back to is how many of the women's teams are owned by the male counterpart clubs. I mean, women's mm. Leicester's women's is owned by King Power, who own the Leicester men's. So yeah. they've got the financial clout there. As Yeti Boy said, you know, forty-two quid a, a season ticket isn't going to pay huge wages. So, as I said before, it is a, it is a slow-moving uh, juggernaut. But some of these clubs are operating on shoestring budgets. You know, our ladies have taken over our old training ground, which wasn't bad, because obviously the men have moved forward, and that's now their base for training, for home games. Um, so, I think you've got to get, like I say as well, the, the, the clubs supporting the women. I don't know if Liverpool women is owned by Fenway. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I think there's some teams out there that aren't. I mean, Leicester have only done it in the last season or so. Um, but I think we need to get, you know, that sort of involvement as well. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, Leeds, well, a couple of years ago, were not owned by the, the way Leeds were not owned by the club. I think you got separated due to the cutbacks from Massimo Cellino. But since... And Jay Rosani has come in. He bought he bought Leeds United Leeds back into the into the into the fold, and hopefully they're trying to go themselves as well too. You know, Rachel Daly, who's one of the the lionesses players for Leeds, and you know, just shows that players from other clubs that like say Leeds can can start bringing can bring up future England players. You know, so and like you said, it depends who owns the cut. Is the women like Man City? You know, women's is owned by 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 Abu Dhabi Group. You know as well, Match United will be owned by the Glazers. You know, the women's owned by the Glazers. So it's Chelsea. We've seen Chelsea and West Ham making so much improvements in there on their transfer. Okay, you know, the new owner, you know, the new American owner, Todd Burley, has you know done a lot of signings with the women's. You know, I think that was their first transfer center of the new ownership group. It was it was one of the first was one of the for the for the women's team. So we are trying to see a bit more growth in women's football. And hopefully, like what all you three said, hopefully it, it, it's not it's it's gonna be it's not gonna be a lot a run. It's gonna be a walk, you know, to try to improve, you know, to get to the standards. And like I said, playing in bigger stadiums. One, we've seen what Barcelona did with their with their Champions League. We you know with Real Madrid, you know, over ninety thousand. You know, you you can even get at least forty thousand or fifty, you know, forty thousand in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You know, same with Chelsea as well. And Arsenal, Arsenal's women's, you know, have been confirmed that they are going to be playing their Champions League football at the Emirates this coming season. So we are seeing a bit of improvement slowly, but it is going to take time to to build it up. Yeah. I think Man City 
do need women's like for example they need to play in, in, in the ATI. Yes, they can play in the academy staging, but if they want big you know to receive bigger audience, they have to play in the Etihad because that is gonna be vital for them. Same with Manchester United women's as well, too. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting where we go from here and how the legacy of the England England Lioness, the Lionesses winning the US, how what the legacy is going to be going forward over the next decade as well. And for them to put out a statement to see to, to, to ask Liz Truss and Richard Sunak, who are going to be the one of the prime minister, some point by the end of the summer, needs to make a decision of what you're going to do for sports, for women's sports, because in particular women's football as well, how you're going to make that growth come through. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as well in the next in the next couple of weeks and also in the next coming years as well. It, it really is. Yeah, quick one on that, Carl. Sorry, lad, before we move on. So, obviously, yeah. as, we, as we said, just visibility, I think. Obviously, the, the more young people that you see uh, and obviously uh, can relate to the, the ladies in terms of football, and, to, and and 100%, I reckon you could easily get 20, 30 odd thousand scouts, girls, or like fans of women's football. And as you said, them, it's the bigger. There is there is an audience there. I just don't think it's being tapped in in the right way in terms of the advertisements of obviously the women's game. I think if you put that to the, not force not on people, but if you give people the option, I think gradually you would eventually see it. You will see a bigger audience grow. And as as Chris alluded to, now is the best time to really promote and push the women's game. And I think. As we've said, it's not going to happen over overnight, but I think in the end, a good 20, 30 years, I think we could see it uh, like yeah, at the peak uh, in the future, hopefully. Absolutely. And I, I will say so. My mum's godson's sister is playing for, she's only about 13, 14, 12, 13. She's playing for Sheffield United Women. She had a trial and I think she got through and that shows you the encouragement that she, she wants to, you know, get herself game and, you know, she might represent England or Jamaica, you know, and it, it just shows that when I talked to her, I said, what's it been like, you know, so, and she, she says she's been happy with it, how how her, you know, that the people seeing her visibility and that she wants to, you know, and hopefully, she, you know, she can get her career start going as well for Sheffield United. Um, Gatman's from Alan from our scene. One, yeah. Uh, I know he's a big Liverpool fan, Alan. And yeah, I know you lot will be singing that song if you do win today. So yeah. I don't know how you lot adopted that song completely, man, but it, it works for you guys. It works for you Liverpool fans, you know, a bit surprised. <laughs> so yeah, really interesting. Um, really interesting to put to put. Let's go into the next part is Barcelona's financial gamble. We have to talk about Barcelona. They have Barcelona have been in front of a bit over one billion in debt since you know Juan Laporta has come in and tried to make changes. So far at the moment, he's sold over majority of percentage of his his merchant of Barcelona's merchandise and the TV rights for a long term of twenty five years. That money has been bought on players such as Robert Lewandowski, Rafinha, and amongst by getting Andreas Christensen and Frank Kessie in as well on free transfers. But at the moment, Barcelona haven't registered those players due to the fact they're still in debt. And also, in the last couple of hours, Memphis Depay has not been given a shirt number. He looks like he's going to be leaving as well, along with others such as Martin Braithwaite and Rudy Pia. And though, this is a really worrying time for Barcelona's gamble. Is this the right way they're going to do? They're doing this at the moment. And by me, it was questioning them, thinking, 
in they could be bankrupt in a couple of years' time the way they're going with this. Good. Sorry, good. The way that they're spending this this um mysterious money. Like it's almost invisible money to Barcelona. Like I don't understand how they've been managing to afford Rafinha. And what was very interesting yesterday, I saw an interview with um, Andrea Raziani, the the Leeds owner. He was saying that Barcelona still leads money for Rafinha. Now, if Barcelona still owe Leeds money, how have they managed to sign him? Like I don't like I, like I, like I don't understand. Like, yeah, I've, I know you've got Lewandowski. I know you've got Lewandowski. I know you've obviously got like Rafinha, um, Jose Kunde. You know, I don't. I don't get it. And the way the Barcelona are going, they're, they're, they are going to be in big, big financial trouble um, as well. But you have to ask yourself, how are they managing to afford all these players when they can't even pay Frankie De Jong fourteen million pound in wages? Anyone want to answer me that one? You know, it's. I think Barcelona and Real Madrid, these Spanish clubs, like we we knew that a few years ago, like this, like this, the European Super League, that rubbish. Like we all know that the, the Spanish clubs needed that because Spanish clubs are in crisis because that that you know I think is it's at the top. I think it's La Liga that are in big big financial trouble. Uh, as well, and then you get Barcelona spending this this money, and I mean, how Martin Braithwaite is still at Barcelona, I'll never know. He was a free trans, he was a a transfer from Leganes because Barcelona were in a striker crisis. Only Barcelona can do that. Only Barcelona can sign players before, but like during a transfer window. I think Martin Braithwaite, sorry. Only because he's, he's probably one of the most richest players in world football, isn't he? Probably having a little cheeky loan off him. <laughs> well, the, fu- the funny funny thing is as well that you had the Dama Traore and Martin Braithwaite in the same Barcelona side. They were in the same Middlesbrough side that got relegated in the 15, in the 16-17 um, mm. season. So, it's mental. It's absolutely mental. But I, ha- I have to say, I have to say that Barcelona are going down a tricky path and if they don't, they don't be careful. They will be bankrupt before you know it. Yeah, do you know? And I listen. I hundred percent. And I'll tell you what was going on. And I, I knew what was going on in the story, but this Rafinha deal. So Deco started speaking to Barcelona when Xavi became the coach. So Deco is more the snake. What was going on? So Deco negotiated Rafinha's personal terms before. The end of last season. That was this is the ex-Chelsea player, right? The ex-Chelsea player who used to play for Barcelona. Aye. Who, Aye. Yeah. So, so Deco decided to have a chat. And this is what happened. They agreed with the terms. But also, they didn't know about what the fee was going to be. Barcelona thought Leeds were going to be relegated. There was, of course, there will be a chance that, in a way, that they, he was going to go for Leeds at the relegation Leeds cost of about 25, 30 million pounds. That was, was going to be good if Leeds went down. Because mm-hmm. we stayed up, the negotiations changed quite quickly, which meant, in a way, Barcelona had a hard bargain to negotiate. So we knew we could drive up the price and we wanted at least 50, 60 million pounds. So Chelsea, since when Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea came in and was interested, 
we were in more tops with, with Chelsea. Todd Burley, fair play to him, did actually give was going to give the full amount of the money. There was agreed, there was a gentleman's agreement. And then all of a sudden was it just and then Barcelona come back in that Deco wanted Barcelona to make the move. And that battle was going to pay in installments rather than the upfront. In the end, we had to accept it because Deco was the state who was trying to have a bargain the other clubs. And that's what really happened. So Deco was more the snake who actually instigated this transfer. That's what really surprised me in a way, to be frankly honest with you. And yeah, and like I said, Andrea felt sorry for Todd because Todd was very honourable and he was going to pay up front. You know, he got the money, you know. And what we've done in the negotiation with Barcelona, if Barcelona screws up with the transfer, the transfer and don't make a payment, there is actually a £10 million penalty clause in that in that deal. So we will get £10 million more. And then, and so that means it'll be over 70 million, 80 million tops completely. Yeah. thing is, right. if they can't afford to pay the original and the default on that, are they going to afford to pay the extra 10 million? Yeah. So, I mean, that, I think there, I yeah. think you're living in crowd cuckoo land if you think you're going to get an extra 10 million because they can't afford, I'm not being awful, but they can't afford to pay the original. New York Times, just looking now, it says Barcelona spent its way into crisis. Can it now spend its spend its way out? And this reminds me of a certain Leeds United um, when they were, you know, they were bankrolling the club in the hope that they were going to get um, the, you know, uh, European football. Yeah, they didn't, and look where that took Leeds. Barcelona, I think we're banking possibly on getting this ESL thing through. But does it not just, for me, sum football up at the moment? First of all, I'm not just having to go at Leeds here, but no. you are looking at teams that are going like, oh, God, Barcelona want our player. We're going to get 60 million. Is there not somebody in those clubs that are looking at it and saying, hang on, are we going to get that money? Are we, are we really going to get that money? Is it worth not taking a little bit less and going to a club we know that's going to pay? Um, and then you've got the players. The players have signed for this club knowing that they probably can't be registered and they're not going to be able to get a game are going to be sat on their arse. I mean, what does that tell you about those players? Because if I was a player, I'd be wanting to go and be playing. You know, and yeah, I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna get paid great vast amounts of money, allegedly. That's if my money comes through. Yeah, you know, it's like saying, for example, you know, Curry's is going into administration. Oh, I'm gonna get a new job at Curry's. Hang on, am I gonna get paid? What is going through the players and their agents' mind? They've got they see these pound signs going into the distance, and there's no brains in football at the moment. There is absolutely no because if you ran a, any business, if BP was to be run like Barcelona, it'd be out of business tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, but there's so many, it's not just Barcelona, as it's the selling clubs. I've got to be thinking like because I wouldn't sell to somebody that I think wouldn't would you lend a fiver to somebody who you knew wouldn't lend it you back? Wouldn't give it no. you back. No, you no. wouldn't, of course. And then the players themselves, I mean, they are just you know, they're accused of being money-grabbing, you know, 
up their own backside. Well, yeah, most of them are if they're going to Barcelona, knowing they can't play, play, but wanting the big money. And like I say, are they going to get their wages? Because they'll be the first ones to complain. Oh, we've not been paid. We've not been paid. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely true. And, and to be quite honest with you, like you said, Barcelona are taking a big risk, you know, of selling their TV rights because they think, oh, the Super League might come and they'll get bigger, bigger income coming through. That's not the case. You know, you, you can't. And listen, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking this is what Leeds were trying to do a couple of years. Like you said, when we tried to do that a couple of years ago, we're back in the early 2000s. We did gamble on the TV rights because we did, you know, and that screwed us, you know, nearly killing the club, the club, the club altogether, which is, which was, which was worrying in, in a way because it's a, it's like a similar situation that we knew the Champions League group stages at the time were going to change, which we were trying to be way ahead of it, but we messed that up completely and it made this rendezvous selling all of our players, you know, and now yeah. if Barcelona are trying to think that, you know, and it's still the, the Spanish clubs. Barcelona and Real Madrid and Juventus are still in the U the European Super League at the moment. We don't know what the league case is going to be yet. Come end of end of by the summer at some point because there's going to be some decision making and that if they can go ahead with it, time will tell. You know, it's yeah, just it's yeah. just it's rolling. It's really. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the signings that they made, like Rafinha for fifty two point two million, Jules Koundé for forty five million, Robert Lewandowski for forty million, and then obviously they've got Frank Kessie and. Um, Andres Christensen, and I think they might be getting Marcus Alonso. I yeah, think as yeah. Well. and he, and even Dembele, they've re-signed him, and I think another player, obviously on reduced wages, which is yeah. quite mad. I, isn't it? I agree with you, yeah, boy. You said I think Barcelona still owe Bordeaux money for Malcolm. They do. I don't know where I'm, he I'm, is right now. Um, and what the Bordeaux was going to close going down to the third league, league to the third, to the third tier, looking at not because they'd be surviving to stay in league, two, you know. So that you know, it was worth for them because they didn't know the money. Because especially Barcelona did pay a, a quite amount for Malcolm, they really did. Yeah. And it just shows you how the mismanage of Barcelona has been in the last few years, how they've been hidden, you know. And I think there was talks about Atletico Madrid and being in debt as well, too. You know, there's so much issue, like you said, with, with La Liga at the moment. I know Javier Tobias is trying to get everyone's financial house in order, but they need to do a lot more because it's not it's not helping with the success as well. It really isn't. It's, it's, it's when you look at Man Manchester United as well, boys, two of the biggest clubs in world football um, that we've had in over the last 20, 30 odd years, Barcelona. And Manchester United, obviously Barcelona are in a completely different financial sense, but uh, you take for granted that certain clubs like Liverpool, people moan about not signing midfield or certain players. What for the for the sake of spending 100, 200 million pounds on a player that will not be good for your starting eleven? Clubs now, and we've seen with Betty over the last couple of years, they dissipated into the wilderness really. And obviously, we know how important certain clubs are to the fabric of English football and obviously English society as well. But in terms of the mismanagement from Barcelona, I don't know how you can... I'm not a legal ex expert or if anyone knows in the chat, let us know. If you can you can sign up a player, but not register them. Register them. I just don't know. But it's typical fraudulence from the Spanish government in terms of Barcelona and Real Madrid. But... Well, only time will tell. 
time yeah time will tell completely and it will do and especially with the, so the Lily League, so I know a bit about the Lily League's model, what they do. I think it's usually it's like one in three. So every one, I think it's usually every one you three years, you you get your revenue. You one every every one year you spend you you income, you can get free. And I think Barcelona are in minus hundred forty four million with their salary of the of players that they can register, and they're trying to reduce that by selling the the rights and all that stuff to make it up. So that's where they can register players, but they're still in a situation where PK is still trying to get, still negotiate on his on his reduced to reduce his his wage. So you got the issue with the young as well, which like it's gonna it may be going to to call arbitration for sport as well. So it is a huge worry. It really is, and and I like to say for Real Madrid, we know about the the legal aid situation being legal, you know, getting state money from from the state as well. There's a lot of things going on in Spanish football that needs cleaning. And like I said, why the English game is trying to have a, re a financial reforms where the EFL clubs get a bit more money when the teams that are relegated from the Premier League are going to get less of the parachute payments, which is, I think, it's, it's a little bit fair because they, they get a bit of a, a way to hear the start of everyone else. That should not happen, absolutely, indeed. Um, good morning, Anakit. So, no, good to see you, mate. And, yeah, it has been a long time as well. really has been as well. So, you know, as I said, we're just back on air for the first time from since since January, mate. So, yeah, but thank you for 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 liking, you know, for watching us. And don't feel like I said, like, Anakin, don't forget to like and subscribe to at this channel as well if you want to keep up to date with everything as well. But, yeah, I think Barcelona's gamble is going to be interesting as well. Right, Chris, we're turning on to your lot, and we have to talk about Leicester. They're not made any signings. They're the only team in the Premier League have not made any signings. We had Wesley Fofana doing a quote what Denton Washington said, you know, about his future, and then doing a pre another Instagram story of the car bubbled up, what he's thinking. We have James Madison, who's been linked to a move away to Newcastle. What is going on at Leicester? Why have you not spent in the in the transfer market this summer? Because we don't want to be the next Leeds United. We don't want to be the next Barcelona. You know, we, we sometimes we didn't get into Europe this season, so that has obviously affected our financial clout. So we can do one of two things: we can risk mate. No, he's not going. Five year contract. Come back with a hundred million and kit, and you can have him. Anything less than that. Forget we've just turned down. Sorry, just to sidetrack a bit here. We've just turned down a second offer from Chelsea of 70 million. We've got him on a five year deal, and this is what people have got to realize. I mean, Rogers came out and said we need to sell to buy. Kind of we do, but we don't have to sell. We've got the money there, but we've mm. got to think of FFP. You know, our stadium yeah. only you know isn't as big as other stadiums. You know, we haven't got the the TV revenue that other uh, clubs have got. So we've got to, um, you know, watch the wages. And as Yeti says there, you know, uh, we've got okay. we've got 27, we had 27 men's squad. We've obviously got rid of Casper now, so we uh, are, um, you got to pay more than that, uh, Ankit. If we've got 80, 80 million for Maguire, then you've got to be a hell of a lot more for... for he's on a five-year contract. We don't need to sell him. We can. It's World Cup year. We can dump him in the reserves and he'll, he'll miss out on the World Cup. It's in our hands. But like I say, 
you know, wh which way do we go? We we you know we can sell if someone you know if 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 Arsenal come in and finally get the fingers out their arse and actually they wrote a check for thirty million for Tielemans, put it on the table, mm. it'd be down there. But yeah. they've not come in with an offer. You know, all this with, with Madison last season and, and, and Arsenal, they never made an offer for him. Now, yet yeah, Arsenal might be playing the game and saying, like, well, you know, we'll wait until the last week of the window. But then Leicester may look at it and go, oh, actually, if we keep hold of Madison, we uh, sorry, if we keep hold of Tielemans, we might get into Europe with him, where we might not get into Europe without him. So is it worth the gamble? The fact that we'll lose him for nothing... But he'll get us into Europe, and we'll get them, you know, some money that way. But do we do a Leeds and gamble on us getting into Europe? Do we do a Barcelona and, and you know, and sell the soul of the club? You know, we've already been out of business once. We've gone into administration at Leicester once. We nearly did it a second time. Um, if my land manager hadn't come to the club, we would have gone a second time. I would sooner have a season of, um, of, 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 of mid-scoring mediocrity, let's say, you know, mid-table mediocrity, and still have a club to support at the end of the year. You know, Rogers brought it on himself that we couldn't, uh, you know, we couldn't buy until we sell. So he might as well have put a, a sign up that said "fire sale" at the club, and they could all come in. Um, but as I say, we we. We don't need to sell. That is the thing, you know. Yeah. We will sell if there's a club out there daft enough like Chelsea or like Man United to pay us big money. Then we will sell. Because that's that's it would be financial suicide not to. 19 million for Maguire, 80 million back for him. Chilwell didn't cost us a penny because he came through the youth system, 50 million for him. Fafana was what 29 30 million selling for 80 85 minimum it, it's it's good money so we are being sensible and you know everybody has said over the years like all oh, we like we like the model that uh, that Leicester do you know we like the way that they run the club you know it's a great model for for, for you know the clubs to follow well maybe we're the one team that have got it right this season <laughs> You know, Arsenal have spent more than any other club for the second summer running. They don't get Champions League again this season. But let's face it, this is Arsenal, so there's no guarantee they will or they won't. Yeah. They don't get Champions League football. Financially, are they buggered? Because these big club, these big owners can only bail you out for so long. We've got rich owners. Unfortunately, they're in the travel business, which has been hit by COVID. Um, so, but they're not they're not oil companies, you know. Madison isn't going to go. He's purely using that, I think, to uh, get a bigger contract off us. Um, and, and so many ex-players have come out and said it's going to be a bad move for him to go to Newcastle. So he he won't. He I don't yeah. think he will be going at all. But, for Farmer, that, will he... so, sorry, sorry, just just to just obviously say the the Madison point. I don't see him going. I think Newcastle. <clears throat> Newcastle have got a few um, players like uh, Miguel Amaral and uh, Bruno Gomares. Mm. So, you know, there's similar players there. So, you know, I don't see I don't see Madison going, to be honest with you. I think I do agree with you. I think he is going to sign a new contract. Yeah. But we, 
I can say, look, you, you said we were, you know, the only team to not buy a player in the Premier League. We're actually the only team in the top five European leagues not to buy a player. Where does it say? Where does it say that because there's a transfer window, you have to buy players? You don't. Well, you know, it, it, you know, this is this is the squad that we've still got. I mean, we've got Dennis Pratt, who we who's a fantastic player, had a fantastic pre-season. He was at um, Torino, I think it was, last season on loan. He's come out and said he wants to stay and fight for his place. That's as good as a new as a new signing for us. I mean, he's an amazing player. Um, it will be interesting to see how we go. But like I say, do I want to be, no disrespect, like a Leeds United when David O'Leary was there? Do I want to be like a Barcelona now? Or do I want to have a football club? in five years still to follow. I'd certainly have a mid-table Premier League football team to follow. We ain't going to go down. There's no, there's, there's worse teams than us out there, Yeah. Uh, even with, with the buying, you know. Um, you, you know, these... I, I, just, I just think, you know, you may look at us, you know, when the season starts and go, actually, maybe they weren't so stupid. Well, time will tell, and... How do you and as well, Chris? How do you replace someone like Casper Schmeichel who's been vital in that Leicester squad for needed for over so many years, you know? And you got Danny Ward and Go, who's not probably Premier League quality. How do you replace no, someone is. like Casper? No, he is. He is Premier League quality. He's an international goalkeeper. He cost twelve million pounds from Liverpool. Yeah. Now you're not telling me a goalkeeper that you pay twelve million pounds for that, that plays for an international football team is not Premier League quality. My God, I mean, the rumours were that Arsenal were going to come in for him and offer us Leno in exchange. I mean, we don't want other teams cast off, thank you very much, you know. And thank God we didn't get Leno. Um, you've, there comes a point, and I, I was actually one, we did a sort of keep, sell or loan show. And I was the one that actually said that we should sell Casper. He's on a high wage, one of our biggest wages, you know, and yes, he won the Premier League with us. Yes, he lifted the FA Cup. But if we never got rid of players, we still have um, we still have Gary Lineker playing for us. Mm. You know, at some point, you've got to say, yeah, the players have come maybe to the end. He didn't have a good season last season. Having said that, he didn't bring, you know, he didn't have a good defence in front of him. But I think the time was right for him to move on. You know, Danny Ward has been there. He's never let us down. He's a good penalty stopper. He's shown that in the League yeah. Cups and the FA Cups when he's played in that. Um, and I, I know I've overquoted this, but years ago, Leicester had a goalkeeper called Gordon Banks, who wasn't a bad goalkeeper. You know, he won a World Cup while he was at Leicester. And we had an upstart coming through that went to the board and said, actually, I want some more playing time. Or I'm gonna, I want to leave. And they looked at it, and they actually sold Gordon Banks to Stoke. Yeah. And the guy that came through yeah. was Peter Shilton, who was not a bad goalkeeper himself. So, you know, at some point, you know, Vardy's going to run out of time soon. You know, so just on this point, yeah, I can't. I I've actually just checked how old Danny Ward is. He's twenty nine. Yeah, I remember when he was coming through at Liverpool. But I can't remember. I can't believe he's twenty nine. And then obviously, you've got Daniel. Um, uh, Iverson uh, as yeah, well. He's, uh, he's not. He's not convinced me, Iverson. Yeah, 
he, he should play in the cup games. Yeah, we but did that pre-season. We, we, we did that pre-season friendly, didn't we? Uh, the yeah. OH Leuven game, yeah. and me and you did the watch alone, and we actually said, "Is Iverson ready?" And me and you were like, "No, no, he's not. He should. He will now. He should fill." And I think. He has good and uh, yes, he was bath time. He was indeed. Um, Iverson will now move up. Mm-hmm. We've got Stolchek coming through as well, who we've seen Aye. some pre-season games. The only reason we didn't see Ward was because he was injured on international duty for Wales. Mm. Um, but that everybody will will move up. And why go out and buy and spend millions on a player when you've already got you know goalkeepers in there that we can move up? Uh, we've got a good youth system. Uh, Iverson, I think there's still some mistakes in there for him. But, yeah, give him the FA Cup, give him the League Cup games. But Danny Ward, I've got, I said at the start, Schmeichel should go. Bless him. Love him for everything he did. I'd have his babies if he was here now. I <laughs> love the guy. Uh, but there comes a time, and I think that time he deserves. I mean, would you want to play in, like, Leicester or live in Leicester? Or would you sooner go and live in the south of France? <laughs> well, I'd sooner go for a few seasons. Yeah, um, you, would, you, you know, would. his dad, his dad took a big step down when he left Man United and went to Man City. So, you know, it's, yeah, the choice, you know, you, there's history there. But yeah, yeah, love him to bits. But I wish him all the best. And I think he's probably done it a little bit for the club. They're giving him a three-year deal. He only had a year left with us, unlikely to get an extension because of his age. Um, possibly you could argue an easier league, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was time, and I've got absolute faith in um, in Danny Ward. Absolutely. Um, Barnes asked you, Chris, are you positive about Leicester this season? And where do you think Leicester will finish this season for where from your standards? I've got the meat, you got the meat. I've actually got them. Sorry, Jamie. I had them 12th, I think, in my 12th. Yeah. Harsh, harsh. Just because I predicted Liverpool not to win the damn thing again. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me about Leeds. Whatever you do, do not ask me about Leeds. I don't want to know, okay? You know, I already <laughs> know. I already have a feeling it. So, yeah. I don't want to know. Um, I've got Leicester's eighth, to be honest with you. Um, last season, we had over 30 players out at some point during the season injured. Nine of those were defensive midfielders. We bought Investigard, who looks like he's going. He, he had a bad season, but then he he didn't know um, who he was playing with week to week because of all the injuries. That said, we had such that all that happening, and yet we managed to finish eighth, one place off Europe, and we got to a European semi final. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, Yeti. I'll say to that that possibly for the first game, because if Ward did play behind the, the, the a closed door friendly for the under twenty three, um, and he, he should be fit. If he isn't, Iverson will. But I, I've heard the other way. I've heard that Ward's going to be number one. The noises that that he's making. Um, if Iverson was to be made number one, I'd, if I was Danny Ward, I'd be knocking on Brendan's door saying, right, "I want to go." I really would, you know. Fair enough. Barry, Barry said Barry's drop-offs and starts drop us that last season, particularly XG makes me makes him worry about less than a good I don't know, Darius. No, I don't know. I mean, no. he played 
he was out injured, so he probably played the equivalent of half a season. And I think he was still in the top three goal scorers or the top three, you know, performers. So, no, I don't think you can say that. I think when you look at his stats, uh, yes, he's getting older, uh, but he only played half the season. So I think if a player played half the season and still got in the top three, he isn't bad. And if we've got, if we're playing Man United and we have got Vardy on the pitch, are you going to ignore him? No, you're not. You're going to probably no. put two defenders on him. Well, three if one of those is Maguire. So that's going to leave it, you know, by six goals. Wow. Wow. I mean, come on. Let's get real. Six goals in a season. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I still think, I still think Jamie Vardy will get 15 to, to 20 league goals yeah. this season. Yeah, well, he's been one of the best strikers in the, yeah. in the league. Last five years, I mean, he, he, like he is for he is phenomenal. He is an absolutely phenomenal yeah. striker, and yeah, I think many people need to remember that he's one of the few that's obviously come up from obviously like non-league to you know Premier League. I think um, I think as well that you know you've obviously got Pats and Daka there, you've got Kalachi and Acho, you've got Jamie Bar, you've got three very very good strikers there. So I think what's going to happen, Vardy will start the season for sure. And then I think maybe some games uh, Vardy doesn't play, Daka comes in, for example. And yeah. then another, like, an actual comes in. So I think, I think for me, if I'm looking towards, like, the like golden boot winners, I'm not sure Vardy's quite there yet. No, no. But I, come on. I think between 15 to 20 league goals, I think is still a phenomenal season yeah. for Vardy. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest with you, um, uh, Darius, I could put a pair of soccer boots on and outscore Haaland the way he played against Liverpool in that community shield. He was bloody rubbish. So let's not get too excited about Haaland. He's, yes, we know what he can do, but he didn't exactly fit himself with sort of gold medals in that game. Um, yeah. Look, Vardy's getting old now. We can see that Daku is going to be the obvious replacement. He actually is a different sort of player. He's more of a hold-up you know, sort of play, hold the ball up and, uh, that, and get other players involved. Vardy has said he wants to sign another contract for us. That is great. If he if gets up, and there will come this point where he is impossible for him to play 90 minutes every week, every game, and then cup games as well. So it will be used sparingly. But can you imagine your defence, you've just been battered the 70 minutes by Pats and Daka. He goes off because he's knackered. And you think, thank God, your defenders are there. Thank God he's gone off. But for the last 20 minutes, Jamie Vardy comes on. Uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck is it? So if he's going to be used in that way, um, then, you know, great. Because, you know, you to have a player like that that you can bring off the bench is great. Would Ronaldo start for Leicester? Of course he bloody would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Would he come to Leicester? No, of course he wouldn't. Would he stay at Man United? Very unlikely. Yeah, he absolutely. wants to be in a winning team. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would see just mentioned early on in the early on in the show that said Brendan Rogers taking you far as you can, Chris. Sooner better for you is good. Do you think he, do you think he's still the right man for Leicester, Brendan Rogers? Yeah, why not? Look, again, you know. We won the Premier League in 2016. We won the FA Cup, you know, a couple of seasons ago. We are not a top six team. 
When you look at that top six team, and the money they got Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and a another, let's say. Um, yeah, sorry, you talk about Ronaldo, you're talking about Brendan then. Um, so what do you count of taking us as far as you can? You know, a few years ago, Leicester would have died to have been in a European semi final and finished eighth. That is not. That is disappointing, but it is not a bad season. You know, you could argue Liverpool with their status had 30 years bad season because they never won the Premier League. But they didn't because they won the Champions League. So you kind of balance out. You've got to look at the teams themselves and say, we are Leicester. And if we are just in that position of fighting for Europe, which is what Brendan says he wants to, it's a long-term yeah. process. Brendan is great with the youth. Look at the youth players we're bringing through. Kieran Dewsbury Hall, Luke Thomas, Fantastic Harvey Fantastic players, by the way. Luke Thomas, Dewsbury Hall. Okay, so would you say, would you class it as similar with Liverpool in terms of our fan bases have been courtesy over the last couple of years of being quite spoilt in terms of yeah. the, the modern-day medium which we live in? Like, I, I come up, me and, me and Doug and a lot of our fans, we, we some of the stuff you see on social media... We've been so used to winning uh, over the last yeah. 10, eight, eight year period as well. Some of these ten, like five, 10 year old fans on Twitter uh, have grew up in a world of just knowing to win. And when they lose, they go, their head explodes or even transfers. We spoke about transfers. Man United is the prime yeah. example. I mean, you know, absolutely don't get me wrong. Under Alex Ferguson, you've got to admire what they did, they were absolutely brilliant. Credit to them for that. But some of their fans only know that. Some of their fans don't know the pre-Fergie days when they were basically no better than Arsenal. Mm. I don't think mm. Liverpool have particularly got a lot of... I'd, maybe I just don't see it. I don't think your, your fans are particularly bad. Compared to Arsenal, no. You know, I, I was talking to Luke, an Arsenal fan, and he said to me, he said, but Chris, I want to win titles. I said, yeah, Liverpool have to wait 30 years. You've only been like 18. I said, give it. You've got to give yeah. these things time. But yeah. Success breeds, uh, you know, it makes you want more. The more you have, the more you want. You know, because we came fifth and we're in the top four for so long, you know, that is what people expect of us now. But Spurs yeah. weren't in it then. Arsenal weren't in it then. You know, they're back now. Um, we are not that club, you know, and we no. are that sort of, um, you know, club that's in, you know, Sixth, seventh, eighth, nice, that sort of, you know, second tier of teams, if yeah. you like. But yeah, fans do come to expect too much. We all do. I do. I've got to be honest with you. You know, I, I, if we have a bad game and. <laughs> so, Lucas, I said he's boycotted because he's turned out to be nothing. <laughs> that is the comment of the show. If there's a prize in the comment of the show, that gets it. That's get it. But yeah, we've uh, we've just got to remember where we, we've come from and, and let's be uh, let's be sensible. Let's be sensible. Absolutely. No, fair play, Chris, and what you said. It's like, for example, with Leeds were the last team to win the old first division before mm -hmm. the Premier League is, and people from Leeds are expected that we should be charging for titles when we've been in the Premier League. It, not all Leeds fans in general are like that. It's like, no, we're happy just to be, you know, I, fighting. I said, I said big last season that 
I had no problem with Leeds fans. Leeds fans did not come up saying, here we are, we're back, we're going to win it. Because of no, what we have to do. You were glad to be back. If only Nottingham Forest fans had that attitude. Because, I mean, according to Nottingham Forest fans, they're going to do the treble this year. <laughs> you know, because they're Nottingham Forest. You know, well, guys, I think you might get a, a bit of a shock this season. But I, And again, I haven't got that problem with Liverpool fans either. Probably yeah, I do. I do. I barely remember that one. Yeah, I did see some archive with Alan McCoy scoring. So, yeah, you know that to kick somebody when they're down, bath time, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> you know? No, that was yeah. before. That was that was no, that was after when Leeds won the old first division dog and the Premier League. Oh, yeah, that's so that's nine. That's going to be 1991, probably 992, 993. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so. But yeah, yeah, it's been a while. And you're like, yeah, you're right, because we have a couple, we were glad to be back. I think for us this season, it's more for us now. Like, we don't, we need to, 17 is more our, our minimum expectations at the moment. Just 17 players, that's all it is now. I think after what happened last season, I think we're now being realistic because we don't know what's going to happen with Jesse March if he's going to be good enough manager. But I still back him anyway, regardless, you know, because he's our manager. I know with regard to what Rad said about Bielsa, you know, he talked about it yesterday in, the, in his interview with David Orsi in the Athletic, which I need to watch more about that because he is looking at looking at naming the training guard after Bielsa um, completely. So a time will tell for us at least if we made the right moves, you know. But Have you sold the book yet? Not yet, no. So... <laughs> We still have the book kit in a way, actually. So I've just seen, I don't know. I've just seen that Ricardo Perez out for six months. Yeah, that's that's a big. That's goal. huge. We, we've we've had worse. Uh, Fafana was out for nine. Um, we have got Aye, by, by by a team that you absolutely hate and despise because of that. Yeah, because I mean, with with Ricardo, he sort of went down. On his own, there wasn't any bad tackling. It he just pulled, he just pulled. He's had the operation uh, this this week. Um, Fafana was was you know we was, he was taken out. There was no no other way to describe it. But um, yeah, we've got cover at that that section. Uh, Harvey Barnes is out at the moment for a few games. Uh, I think Pratt will probably come in for him. But yeah, I mean you're going to get injuries. What can you do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would probably disagree with that comment with that one. Mm. I think what happened was with Bielsa, he was not wasn't the worst manager in the league. I think Bielsa was so stubborn of not changing his tactics, and I will understand why. When we had the amount of players that we had injured last season, Phillips, Bamford, Cooper, it was a spy in the team. We had young players such as Archie Gray, who was only like fifteen, was on the bench. And I think Bielsa was just not one who was stubborn, didn't want to change the system because we were playing man-to-man marking. I wouldn't say he was the worst manager in the league, but I think his, I think his decision-making was not his best. And that was his weakness because of his stubbornness of you know being this perfectionist. So I wouldn't say he was the worst manager for us. But I'll tell you this, it did have a bit of a divide after with the fans when he got the sacking because it did it there were People saying Bielsa should stay till the end of the season. He would, you know. I think my dad was on that camp as well. I was more on the side that you no know, Bielsa would love you, thank you, but it was time for you to go, you know. 
And I think we should have done that a little bit earlier before it got worse, you know. But, mm. you know, in a way, it, it's, it's done and dusted. Bielsa is still be part. He's still got the murals around the sixth centre of Leeds. It's, there's still the, the street in his shopping centre named after him. So we all we all love him, but it was time for a change anyway. Doug, you Take have this. something to say? Take this with a pinch of salt. According to, I don't know if this is reliable or not, Footy Insider, Fulham have agreed a deal to sign to, um, Vestergaard. Please, take him. And also, <laughs> Hibs have agreed to re-sign Martin Boyle, Carl. Yeah, that surprise. And I've been hearing this news for the last, I couldn't believe because he went for a lot of money when he took in the, in the Middle East and now he's coming back. That is a huge worry now because I know he's going to be vital for the, for the Australia for the World Cup this year as well, you know. So that is huge for him because they needed. I think they, they, they didn't want to. They should not let him go last last season. Um, Niles asked you this, Chris. I know you've answered this already, but he's telling him he's going to ask me yet. But we know you say no, but it must be just to hear that. Do you, do, you know, do you know before Chris asks that? It answers that. Sorry. I would be a millionaire right now for the amount of times people are asking is Telemans going to Arsenal because it is bloody constant every yeah. single day. Yeah. Can I, I, I can remember the Sancho Man United saga and that went on for about three seasons and six transfer windows. So we're not quite up to that yet. I'm good. Big up now. <laughs> I hope you're well. Uh, but I just... If, if Arsenal, like I said earlier, got their finger out their asses and put a check on the table, he wants to go to Arsenal. Arsenal, he, he, he nearly went to Arsenal before he joined Leicester when Wenger was there. You know, he, he wants to go to London, he wants to go to Arsenal. What are you playing at Arsenal? Because if you think you're going to be coming in with a silly offer last day of the season, yeah. you know, last day of the transfer window, no. Because like I say, we can gamble on the fact that he'll get us into Europe. Same with Fafana. We want 85 million minimum for him. Chelsea are pissing about like... Um, Football manager. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> we'll offer you 60. Doing what, doing what Man United did, basically, with, um, uh, with Maguire. He signed a five-year contract, Chelsea. We don't need yeah. to sell him. He's, he's not going anywhere unless you come in with a big deal. And if you think, again, you're going to come in on the last couple of days of the season, no, because we're not going to get a replacement. So, mm. to these clubs, put your money on the table. Tielemans is the most obvious one to go because we know he wants to go. But at least he's not doing the Riyad Mahrez and, and going off and crying on a Paris airport floor. Uh, waiting for his manager to call him. Um, you know, he, he's playing for the club. He's been captain in pre-season. He's putting the effort in. Chelsea, Arsenal, anybody else, stop pissing about. Get the checkbook out if you really want them. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as it's that. It is simple as that. Great. I agree. No, I would that comment, yeah. Bielsa, so what happened? When Bielsa came to Premier League, what, what bad times said... He's you know, when Bills came to Premier League, you we were unexpected. You you didn't have to play against us. And I think when last season you lost Susters out completely, you knew what we were gonna do. Like, easy, we'll beat you a lot. You know, Liverpool beat us twice last season, so did Le so did Leicester as well. 
you know, you sussed us out, which is fair play. It's just going to be seen to now that what Justin Madison is going to do is kept the same formation, what Bielsa would play now 4 2 3 1. But I think it's going to be a little bit more pragmatic. We'll just have to see that the, the tactic adaptation changes. I think Brendan Harrison is going to be a really good signing for Leeds. I think that's what was needed as well. I think we'll try to get a strike for Banford as a cover. I think Rodrigo this preseason looked a little bit more better. You know, he was a bit more playing because there was questions about his future, but time will tell. Time will tell. Um, I'd like to say thank you to everyone. Over 200 people have viewed us over the last couple, last hour. I'm tremendous. Please like and share and subscribe to this channel if you want to keep notifications every so often as well. Really appreciate it. And Niall, Ravi says yo to Epson. Good morning to everyone. Morning, Ravi. Hey, uh, Niall has come and said, boy, it's a great sign for his, which is a very good point. And, you know, I know Doug, our friend Andrew Rogers, is a big, huge his fan. He kind of knew something was going on, so he, so he kept yeah. quiet on the phone. I've, I've literally just seen that. I've literally just seen that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, next one before we go on to talk to the team news is how can we stop online abusive players? This was more reported this past the last couple of days that one, you know, players like Harry Maguire and Cristiano Ronaldo were more tagged abused than any other Premier League players during last season. And this is quite worrying, isn't it, Jack? You know, mm. players getting abused. How can we stop this? You know, tech companies need to do more for that. Yeah, 100%. And the disgusting scenes in which we've seen uh, after the Euros and the finals to, to the players as well. And it, 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 it sort of needs to change, but it'll only change when as you said, the big tech giants doing uh, they do something in terms of their algorithm or the the sign up process in terms of creating an account because we we're on YouTube. We've got I've got two two YouTube accounts. Obviously we we made one and obviously we, we sound one where I'm liking videos of cats and all weird videos like that <laughs> on the other one. Um but it, you can just switch over within a matter of seconds onto separate accounts and then like it there's there's no ramifications really and there's no sign up process for me um if i was in charge i'd do something in terms of you require a, a form of identity uh, i think in terms of obviously signing up for if you're gonna be giving someone abuse you wouldn't say it i seen a video it was a couple of months ago when Anthony Joshua was was in and around on a night out and some fella shouted out the window, and then Joshua bounces up the stairs and confronts the fella, and he absolutely soiled his pants. <laughs> the fella, he was like, it's, it's that generation or like that, 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 that type of individual that he sounds to do it online, or in, in person, they wouldn't say a word because the, they've got the comfort of sitting behind the screen, sitting behind the avatar, and they'll chat whatever nonsense to these people or us or whoever, and there's no ramifications really in terms of them being held accountable. Accountability is very important when you're, especially on social media and in life as well, that you, you need accountability for your actions. If you say something disgraceful to an individual, it should get reported to the police. And if it's something as severe as we've seen over the last year, um, then, well, over the last 20, 30 years, it should be. Uh, but in the modern day media age, in which we do find ourselves in, mm. needs to change. 
uh, we're kind of in the, the early stages of social media. Next hundred years, it'll be completely bloody ridiculous, but it sort of needs to change. But it only happens when these companies get 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 a kick up the backside and really evaluate their policies, really, in terms of how they run the businesses, because they will lose a lot of credibility in the long term. I get a lot of what you're saying there, Jack, but some responsibility has to go on to the players themselves. I mean, you know, how many Twitter followers are actually abusing? It's a lot. You know, it's not just one or two that Twitter can deal with. It's a lot. I've got a Twitter, a YouTube and Facebook, three of my socials. On all of those, I have got a list of words that I do not allow um, to be used on my on my socials, I get people messaging me on Facebook saying this, you know, why isn't my post going? I said, well, I'm looking at your post and you've said um, wanker or you've said shit or whatever. Sorry, a bit early for that. But I said, those words, I said, you put those in and I'm adding new ones daily. But those words, if you use those, any sexist, derogatory, racist, whatever sort of words, your post doesn't appear. On Twitter... I can follow somebody's feed and then it will say, you know, you can't view this because of your settings. If you want to click or move on sort of thing. So any swear words, even say other people are doing on other people's posts, I don't see. And in YouTube, any of those um, words, again, it puts comments into you've got to be approved, you know, boards have got to see it. So the players can easily do that now. You know, let's be honest with you, we know footballers aren't the brightest of souls. We do, we do know that. But mm. that is the quickest and easiest way for these players to do it. The other easiest way of doing it is just to, like you say, have two accounts. Why? Mm. Let's ask the question, why are these players on social media? Because they love the adulation. They love the fact that people are throwing. They think, I mean, they're footballers, for God's sake. They're not, you know, they're no, nobody important. They're not world leaders. They've not invented penicillin. You know, they're not even pop stars. They kick a ball around for 90 minutes a week. But they want people to go, oh, aren't you wonderful? Aren't you lovely? You're brilliant. But they don't like it if somebody says, actually, even nicely, you didn't have the best of game of the weekend, did you? They want that adulation because it is so easy, as you said, Jack, to have a second account. Um, Sam Bailey, I'm going to use that as an example. You may remember she won. Um, yeah, big Leicester fan. Her account on Facebook is not under Sam Bailey, it's under a different name. Those that know her, follower and she can either accept or decline so it's very very easy to do as you said jack you've got two i've got two gmail accounts it's so easy for me to switch between the two you know um but they don't need to have two they need to have one under a name that their friends and family know and can follow so i'm sorry i'm not going to blame facebook i'm not going to blame twitter i'm going to blame the players because if they really, really wanted to, they could put a stop to it by simply blocking certain words or by having a separate account. But they love the adulation. They love people throwing themselves at their feet. And that's why they do it. And they, I'm not saying they deserve it. Don't get me wrong. Nobody deserves that abuse. But instead of whining about it, do something about it. But, oh, no, I've got to have 25,000 followers. That means more to me, you know. And so I'm sorry, players... Grow some balls and get some and do something about it yourself because it's easy to do. 
Yeah, but you know, I, I see. I get what you're, you're, what you're saying, Chris. And I also want to blame not just the football side; it's the the management, the football's management as well, who are do who are control who are controlling their social media accounts should have more to blame because it's them themselves advertising. You have players like Justin Lingard advertising himself about his clothing ban and all that stuff, and he's walking what over hundred grand a week, uh, hundred grand a week at not at Forest. It's going to rub off a lot of some people the wrong way, isn't it? But yeah, we're taking someone winning a lottery. Like you, you get people if you win the lottery tomorrow, you get people asking for money. Um, it's, it's, but why shouldn't uh, he be allowed to do that if he wants to do that? He wants to do that because again, he wants the money because he's not earning enough as a footballer. You know, he's on the poverty line, poor soul. You know, you know, <laughs> he had to drive past a local food bank in his Rolls Royce or whatever it was. No, that was Derry. Was, was that Derry doing that? Because I think it was Derry the one who had to drive past that and get money. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that, you know, it, it, but we, as we all know, Jesse Lingard's a plonker, so whatever he does. But like I say, <laughs> they want that money. They want that adulation. And like I say, you know, at the end of the day, you get, you should get enough money being paid as a footballer. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, I read, I've just read a book by Julian Jochim, who's an ex-Leicester player, went to um, uh, Aston Villa and a few other teams. And, you know, when I'm reading, this was only sort of in the 90s, and he was talking about cleaning boots and <laughs> working his way up. God, you can't imagine any of the day's players doing that, can you? No, you not know? really. It's all about fame, fortune, and all. Oh, look at me! I say I've got twenty-five thousand followers. Aren't I wonderful? Absolutely, Doug. You got something? Sorry. Yeah, uh, I have the Liverpool team to play Fulham, and it is oh, exactly the team I expected it to be. So it's Allison and goal. Uh, Allison is back. Woohoo! No more Adria. Trent, Matip, Van Dyke, Robertson, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, Salah, Diaz, Firmino. So literally the same team that played the um, the Community Shield. Just except Allison is in for Adria. He's on the bench. That's great bench. for my fans football. That great. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's a fair point what you're saying. I, I think. The, like I said, you're right about the place. I'll tell you something. You, you know me, guys, and you now know now. Doug knows, but I come from a bit of a football royalty because my two of my cousins, you know, play for the town, Junior Ben and Delroy Fraser. Just like what you said, Chris, they had to come up for the ranks, cleaning boots and all that stuff, you know, and they were on the social media at the time, you know, they always do the thing. And it's just like what you're saying, you know, these today's footballs don't tend to do that. It's more about... The hype being on social media, the what the fame, the glory, and all that stuff. It wasn't my days, it wasn't the days when my cousins wanted, they just wanted to play football, you know. They came from the ranks from from one of the, you know, from one of the best schools at the time in Hurusarud from Dean High School. Because Dean, where I grew up, where my family grew up, it was predominantly black, it was a black, black high school dominated by you know, and they had a very good sports visit, and they actually was told to learn to do my dad was a defender for the for the for the high school high school football team as well. It, it just shows that it was not bad. It was just about cleaning boots and all that stuff, you know. And that's, you know, so... And yes, it is bad. That it's a football article. Do you know why? Because bit my, my, my grandma's last name was Bent. So there is a bit of relation of Delroy side of the family married to my, you know, married to some part of my family members. And yeah, my grandma met my granddad, who's a Levy. So... It is an odd definition of football royalty there because I have put, you know, 
you know, two cousins who play for the same club for the youth academy, separate between the years. But Junior is now doing his thing at Preston. He's in one of the youth teams, so he's doing quite well for himself. Doris still doing his bit. You know, I still see them. I still see them now and now and again. No, I'm not related to that event. Sorry, I wish I was. That's a different book. No, so, yeah. You're not related to Daniel Levy at Tottenham, are you? No, I'm not related. I forgot. I'm not related. Don't worry about that one. So, yeah, yeah. So, no, no, I have to admit. But, like I said, you talk about footballs coming through today. It's just like, I don't want my nephew to go through that because he's now now doing Saturday football as well. He's now part of Man City Academy as well, and he's only five. I want him to learn growing up. It's not all about fame and glory. I want him to be to make sure you do your bit and that you know to clean the booze. Respect, respect your el your elder player, your experienced players. You know because mm. it's more vital. You know don't be sour when you're growing up later in life. You know so that's something that he needs to learn to that so you don't get fans who's going to social abuse you growing up because that's the last thing you don't want. You know so yeah, I have to. Yeah, I think I don't have any Polish heritage in me. I, I don't think I have it. So, but yeah. I do need to take my other heritage as well, what I have over the Jamaica. I need to do something to see my DNA or what other heritage I have around around the world. So, yeah, yeah that's something just, I might need to do. Yeah, it's a quick one on that, boys, as well. I think it helps, obviously, having this discussion as well on the show, mate. I think the only way we combat it is having open discussions, and that could be said about a lot of things in football and in society. Yeah. The only way you do approach anything in life is discussing it openly. And obviously, some conversations are more difficult than others, but the only way of combating it and discussing and trying resolving certain situations is, especially in football, is and that's up to the likes of BT, Talk, Talk Sport, and obviously Sky as well. To have these discussions, um, and hopefully they do in in the long term. Some of women's football, hopefully discuss how to improve that, and obviously certain mm -hmm. other topics as well. Um, online abuse. The only way is publicity and certain talking points and debates, uh, and and long term that could only benefit, have a benefit factor really. I think as well, us four and YouTube content creators. Mm -hmm. We can set an example. Yeah. I mean, there are ways when you do a post-match, and I've been there, I've seen it. You know, I called Brendan the bell end after one game. You know, we've all you know, said, oh, he played crap, blah, blah. But when you look at the likes of Mark Goldridge, I mean, surely his reaction and what he calls some of the Man United defenders and players, yeah. what example is he setting to the young people? And, you know, this is a society we're growing up in where... They're probably watching that a hell of a lot more than they're ever going to read newspapers or, or, or yeah. you know, watch the news. They are yeah. watching and they're seeing these clips on TikTok and things. And I look at them and I find them extremely funny because I think it's no disrespect, bath time. It's always funny to see Man United fans implode. But, you know, he just doesn't go mad. <laughs> it's some of the rhetoric that he gives out to his team uh, players, his own team players, and the disrespect he shows for other teams as well. And we, we as content creators on YouTube have, um, have a responsibility. And we shouldn't forget um, that. Sorry. Absolutely. I've just seen the Fulham team, Jack. Yeah. Leno's on the bench. Is he? Oh, Rodak. This, this is the Fulham team. Rodak and goal. Robinson, Ream, Ad, 
Oh, crikey, how am I going to say this? Ada Rabayo, I think that's how you say it, Tete, yeah. Reed, Paulinha, and then Cabano, the uh, preseason Perlo, Andres Pereira, <laughs> uh, Bobby Dekatova, Reed, and uh, Alexander Mitrovic. Yeah, I was just about to go about to go on to the now as the last half hour of the show. Um, well, let's say good morning to Rod. I'd uh, see you a quick pipe before a game and thank you for listening to us thank as you, well. Rod. Appreciate, really appreciate that. It. Appreciate that, and, mate. Yeah, so and also, yeah, <laughs> this is just funny from Bashami Bar. I only watch Goldbridge match ready to have a laugh in, but it gets linked to Maguire abuse. Mm, with definitely, definitely, there yeah. is definitely 100%. Uh, negativity cells, any boys. Yeah, but he's given yeah. now shows on Talk Sport. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. You know, so again, youngsters watching that thinking, "Wow, this is how you get noticed. This is how yeah. you get, you know." Uh, and it's it's the wrong message that's that's being sent out. It is. Yeah, I totally agree. It needs a bit of a wrong message, actually. So yeah, but like I say, it's a really interesting open discussion. Um, you know, we and it's it's been interesting because I think this is something we're, we're not always going to agree, disagree, but we can understand, you know, in a way they're yeah. thinking, you know, everyone's got a different opinion, and that's what it is. And I think yeah. where we are at the moment in this world, we, you know, it's like everyone can have opinion, but we need to have opinion. But as long as we don't offend someone, it's just that we just have opinion to make sure that everyone's got their own right in the way, you know. So that's it's, it's respect as well, and it made both yeah. that, that like that. That's not a thing on social media. It's like, as he said, you, you, if you have a different point, when we've had all four of us and, and chat as well, we've all had different opinions today. But yeah, as I said, it's going forward. It, it, you can agree to disagree, but it's it's the Twitter Twitter audience as well, and, and certain like it's knowing, it's knowing where banter yeah. stops and abuse yeah. starts. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is all the anonymity that, that social media did. Because we never used to get it years mm. ago before social media. You know, there was the banter. Well, I've said that in the 70s, of course, we had the violence. So let's 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 maybe not go there. Maybe I'll take that back. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. But I like what Darius was said about that at some point. He's a comment that we could I personally we probably see social media training and distribution, they mm. do. I think that will be. I think even now, more it will be more. It's more common now than it has been before. Because, like I said, it's only been what more than a decade now since players have started to use social media, yeah. since Twitter started and now Instagram, you know, and so forth. Like I think it needs well, to be more common now. It, like I say, yeah. Or even come off it if you can't. If you know, if you got just want to focus on your game, you know, that's you know. I don't see. I see what in the in the US with the American football, the NFL players, they're not on their social media a lot during the season. They're focusing more on the season because every day is training day, game they got games coming on thick and fast. So they're busy doing what they have to do. They're not going to be busy on social media. They'll do it off season when they have the chill time with family and so forth. But during the season, it's more quiet for them. And I think some of the Premier League players could adopt that what the NFL does and the NBA lot do as well because it does, it can work both ways, you know. So. Just turn off commenting, that's all you've got. It's a simple button. Just turn off commenting. You know, when I put, a, yeah. when I put if I put a thing of, of a post up in my Facebook group that I want to create a conversation but I know will probably get abuse and what have you, I'll just put no commenting. You yeah, know, absolutely. and and that's the end of it, you know. But you know, sometimes I think we look at 
solutions to problems that are bigger than we need to. Like I say, simple ways, turn off commenting, yeah. Use those use those words that you know the 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 swear words etc. That uh, block ban, block those on your accounts, and use a different account with a different bloody name. I would agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree as well. And that is that's how we play active to it. Mainly, it's mainly after a match they say it's about going. Yeah, well, it's a good question actually. How many actually? It's got to be at least a, a certain percentage and active after the game. They're going to bring the phones if they bring the phones out. You know, because I know it could be this distraction as well. So, and Ian says, I hear, you know, he said, I'm down to fan. We were made back up to us, learning form. It's like what we said about Barcelona situation as well, too. You know, Darlington yeah. went through that, you know, you know, with a big, you know, spending a lot of money on a 25,000 seat stadium. Look where they are at the moment, you know, and they've had free promotion today. They've not been back in the football league as well. So, that's another interesting point as well. Right, we're going to get going and get this fire out quick questions. We are going to do our predictions. I know some of you guys are going to have to go soon. So we're going to kick off the first game of the season. Liverpool gets Liverpool. Um, I'm going to start off with either Doug or Jack. I'm going to go with Jack first. Jack, what's your predictions for this game? For the uh, Liverpool-Fulham game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping for the way watch this user be message me. You shouldn't ask Jack, you shouldn't ask Jack match predictions because they're, yeah, they're very, very I'll be, I'll be getting a message off Chris and Carl. Be like, that, that prediction went well. <laughs> I'm a lot of chat. But I'm gonna go three one, but I'd have to take a one nil, but I'm gonna go three one Liverpool, hopefully. Doug yourself, two nil Liverpool. Chris. Uh yeah, uh, I'm looking at what I predicted the day on my show. And I know what uh, what Doug predicted. So if he changes his mind, I can shout him out. <laughs> I'm going three one as well. I think Fulham will just shock you, and then you'll get. Because if you if you guys do not beat Fulham, then forget the title. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm don't sorry. deserve it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. I will go for a. I'm going to say three 0 to Liverpool. Uh, see, Darius going with Fulham one 0 win and. Good morning, Chris. Thank you, mate. Thank you for Hi, subscribing. Chris. Yeah, we were uh, well. So, yeah, I'm going 3 0 Liverpool. Um, next game later on today, um, returning Premier, to the Premier League, Bournemouth against Aston Villa. Interesting, this fixture was the same when Bournemouth came, made a debut season and Aston Villa won 1 0 at that time. Um, Doug, what are you going for? I'm doing this game on the 1892 Res podcast uh, later. Uh, I don't think there's going to be many goals. I've actually gone 1-0 Villa. Chris, yourself? I think Bournemouth's biggest problem this season is going to be Scott Parker. I'm not impressed with him as a manager at all. Um, I've gone 2-0 Villa. Jack? 3-0 Villa. One off on Chris. I think he should have enough. I'm going to say 2-0 Villa as well. Next game, oh, yeah, this is a big one for me. I'm going to have to go first. Leeds against Wolves. Well, oh, I, I know this, this is going to be a scrappy game. I'm not going to lie to you. This could be a scrappy game because both teams are, are trying, I need to prove themselves after last season. He's so just building up his, his excuses in advance here, isn't he? Come well, on, I, I have to I have to be. I have to be a little bit okay. I'm gonna just go for just a wonder. We be scrappy for Leeds. I think Leeds will just scrap it one day. I don't think we get no most goals. So, uh, 
Chris, go on, spare me because I know you want to say it. All I'll say is uh, it is going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I have gone one-nil Wolves. Again, no disrespect, but I just Hello, think Dominic. The, the manager that you've got isn't going to be successful for you. Fair yeah. enough, Doug. One-one. Uh, and Jack. Sorry, Carl. Full house. Uh, well, well, I was going to say full house, but Doug went with a draw. I'm going to go two-nil Wolves. Sorry, mate. That's fine. I'll, I'll try to forgive you guys, but I won't forget. So, <laughs> yeah, you will always you remember. next season when you follow Burnley and you won't know us. <laughs> <laughs> You'll forget. Oh, All right. Newcastle gets Nottingham Forest. I'm going to go with, again, I'm going to go with Newcastle winning this 2 0. Jack. Tsunami. Uh, yeah, I think they'll get a, a win 2 1. Yeah. 2 1. Newcastle. Chris? My heart says it's going to be another record-breaking 9-0 to Newcastle, but my head says says 3-0 to Newcastle. And Doug? 2-0 Newcastle. Fair enough. Put up a game, we'll just go for a Saturday game, is Spurs against Southampton. Doug? 4-0 Spurs. Jack? 3-0 3-0 Spurs. Chris? This is the season we say bye-bye to Southampton, 3-0 to Spurs. Full house, 3-0 as well. All right, and even kick-off between Everton and Chelsea later on today. I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. I think this, Everton will give a bit of a go, but Chelsea will AJ. Doug? 3-0 Chelsea. Everton are shite. Chris? Totally agree, one hundred percent with Doug. Even even down to the score, three nil uh, Chelsea. And Jack, four nil uh, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. makes my weekend, especially if we get three points. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if Tom May comes on Monday night where we where we oh, yeah. on with you. Yeah, what so. the Everton yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow, wow, wow! I've got me messages preloaded in the uh, the chat. Hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. Uh, right, Sunday's geese. Chris, we're going to go with you. Leicester against Brentford. I wouldn't lie if I didn't say I was worried. Um, we we don't always have the best starts to the Premier League. You know, we when, we when we went into the Premier League, the first game was champions. We lost to Hull. I can remember Bolton coming up and stuffing us 5-0 uh, when they got promoted in the first game. Um don't show sure we're going to have to watch the defence after last season, but we beat them twice last season. I think it's going to be three in a row. I'm going 2 1 Leicester. Jack? I'm going to go 1 all. Um, Leicester. Oh, Jack, Jack, Jack. Sorry, on. Chris. Can go ahead, no, Fulham to win 3 0. Go ahead, then, though. I, just for Chris, I'll, uh, I'll go, I'll go 2 1 to Leicester against. That's Chris. what I like. I haven't told him to get sent off as well. You never know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Doug? Uh, Chris already knows my prediction. Two on Brentford. No. Come oh, on, Everton. Yeah. I would have gone 2 1 Leicester. I think Brentford. Oh, I love Leeds. <laughs> Even though they're going down, I still love yeah. them. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Manchester United against Brighton. I think um, Brighton did something here. 
Yeah, I've gone Brighton 2-1. He absolutely battered them last game of the season, didn't he? And that was only a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I've gone Brighton 2-1. 2-2. Two, two. Chris? Is Ronaldo playing, do we know? We'll, no, we'll, he's been training, but we're on well, there's sure. no Martial, so yeah. I don't know who they're going to be playing up front if he doesn't play. Yeah, I've, uh, I've gone 1-1. I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1 Brighton, actually. Ooh, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. I'm going for it. I'm going for it, man. Yeah, you're right, Chris. No one cares about Jake Paul. Yeah, he's a bit of a more. <laughs> is he a Liverpool fan? I don't know if he is. Or if it is a I'm, not buying, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that Liverpool nah. thing. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not, not buying that either. I'm not buying that no, either. No. And the last game was the weekend. Man City started the title defence against West Ham. Ooh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna say three two City. Actually, I think it will be goals. Yeah, I'm gonna go two one City because I've got a feeling that West Ham will score first. I think City weak-wise, and I think Holland will score the winner. So yeah, two one City. Chris, um, Man City are slow starters. Um, you know, so I think West Ham are gonna get something from this. Uh, I'm going for a two two. And Jack. 3-1 City. Um, okay. That surely Harlan can't miss any more of those chances. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I know. Gentlemen, oh, this one out my leg. I'll go 2-0 Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gentlemen, thank you very much. What a tremendous moment we've had. Over 200 views as well. I'd like to thank everyone who's been watching as well. Uh, before we go, I'd like to get from... So, Chris, Chris, what is your social media where can everyone can find you? Yeah, on YouTube, it's Leicester Till I Die TV. On Twitter, at Leicester TID. Uh, just search Leicester Till, I Die, Leicester Till I Die on most things and I come up. Absolutely. Thanks Jack, for having me on. Next time, put a better shirt on, though. I will do. I will do. Don't worry. I will do. Jack, yourself? Thank you very much, mate. Great to speak to Chris and obviously Jogan, you, mate, and everyone in chat over there. It'll be the rest of your day and weekend. Jack McKindo TV, mate. Um, we'll be doing a live stream watch along in 15 minutes. Hopefully, the Reds get three points, but we'll see. <laughs> but uh, everyone, have a good weekend and cheers for having me on, mate. And then, lastly, yourself, Doug. We know you can find they can find us on here, but your own social medias as well. Yeah, my my YouTube is the Dugout Football Channel. Big big thank you to um, big big thank you to everyone who's obviously watched uh, today. Uh, has been has meant a lot uh, to both of us um, uh, as well. Yeah, Dominic, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength, mate. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength. But yeah, Dugout Football Channel on YouTube, um, Instagram is Douglas.horn, Twitter handle is Enrod underscore nine eight two, and Facebook is Douglas James Horn or the Tolly and Levy. Podcast. Thank you very much. If you do miss the show, you can watch us again live here on YouTube as well. We are all if you are on the go, you can listen us on the social on our podcast services, Spotify, uh, I, uh, Apple, Google, and other podcast streaming services. But that is the rest first the rest of the day. And like I said, all of you have a good weekend if you're going up and down the country. But the Premier League is back is back, and yes. we're looking forward to the, the football's football. back. Football's yeah. back. <laughs> we'll get to an aftermath of the match day one but thank you very much for listening I hope to you will see you again next week at the same time at 10am thanks for watching and we will see you later